For 20 years, we've been creating innovation in the CX industry. And now we're seeking out brilliant new perspectives on CX you just won't find anywhere else. I'm Richard Owen. Welcome to the CX Iconoclast. The first year of the CX Iconoclast, our podcast, was an amazing experience for us with over 16 episodes and just fantastic guests. Here we look back on a couple of the discussions we had with people who were in the hot seat, the CEO job, and their perspectives on customer experience. The, the highly engineered NPS is actually pretty darn actionable and it's pretty darn good. Mark Templeton's probably best known for his tenure leading the software organization Citrix. But I think you'll find most interesting his perspectives on how to measure CX and make it a big part of the company culture. The sad part of it is I would guess that 90% of all people that report NPS um, are doing it as a checkbox. You know, they're doing it with, you know, like surveys that are periodic. They're, they're just, you know, as I said, uh, I, I call it CX washing. Uh, our SaaS business, um, specifically the, the go-to-meeting business, uh, we, we use the full NPS science. And, I, and we used it so well that we could actually um, determine what actions we needed to take, either from a customer service perspective or the software design, the software experience, you know, any number of things where we were getting verbatims. And we could literally predict that fixing that would, particular thing would have this effect on our NPS score. And so we, we, we engineered uh, improvements in NPS by practicing it as a science. But as I said, very few people actually do that. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we did at Citrix in terms of exporting our, our culture, which was all about being authentic, you know, having each other's back and really honorable intentions. But despite all of that, um, you really have to have um, tools that everyone agrees to adopt. We uh, started uh, uh, a training uh, curriculum in what we call design thinking, which, you know, design thinking actually uh, is all about reframing um, a problem and how you describe a problem. Uh, and working from the customer, uh, whoever that customer would happen to be, uh, backwards to, you know, remove friction and increase delight and and listen listen to what they say, et cetera. And it did have a broad impact. It, it's and because the, the delta is so large, the gap is so large between what we do and the rest of the industry. Uh, it really resonates with customers in our market, and I am sure it would resonate with customers around the world if people took a similar path. David Tudhope is the CEO of Macquarie Telecommunications and is a true iconoclast. He has quite original and forthright views on differentiation through customer experience in the telecommunications industry. I'm not sure that the telecom sector will be the same sector in 10 years and certainly won't employ as many people. It is easy to get caught up in, in technology and it is easy to be enthused about it. And I get enthused about technology as well, but 
it, it can sometimes blind you to the changing needs of the customers. My perspective is the only way you, you can really tell how to adapt and change is listening to the customer. And it's the customer that really gives the insights because they really talk to what, how their needs are changing and how other, other disruptive elements of the tech sector are doing things that were previously done by telecom companies like messaging and communication. One of the things that's been very powerful for our business is creating a single point of truth. And the challenge for the first half of this period, I mean, nearly, nearly the best part of almost 20 years, was how do you measure it? We recognised the problem with the 50 question survey was that there were so many questions and so many answers that everyone found what they were looking for. It became self-reinforcing managed over that period of time to just focus in on one measure of profit, one measure of uh, growth, which is what we call net sales performance, and of course, NPS. And so three measures are company-wide, the same measures that everyone's uh, linked to and their short-term bonuses linked to, mine included, uh, right through to the, to the reception. And the magic for us is how do we move it from people doing their job, being polite, being professional, to people taking accountability, followership, following through, taking ownership, uh, even though they could have someone else call back the customer to resolve the matter or to come back with the answer, they themselves do it. Simple but powerful things like that that resonate with customers. Um, you don't expect telecom companies to say sorry. You don't expect telecom companies to call you back. We don't expect telecoms to be proactive about identifying faults before you do. And delight is is what they remember long after they've forgotten the fact that uh, you fixed you fixed the you fixed the phone or you the, the internet's working or the intermittent issue's been solved. That's just what's expected and requested. Yeah, I've I've always had this conversation with investors to say in boards or whatever to say, hey, look, um, my financial outcomes this quarter are often you know, reflections of something that happened with customers two years ago. Tom Monaghan built CEB to over a billion dollars in revenue, but was also leadership at the time when they created the customer effort score, which I think many of you probably know and use to this day. I spoke to him about his perspectives on governance, management of boards, metrics in general. Financial indicators are lagging indicators, but can we understand upstream what the drivers are? You know, making sure that as an, not only as a leader, but as an investor, as a board member, you're not, you know, this quarter's tax rate is important, but frankly, you know, what, what do we know about usage of our products? <laughs> what do we know about how uh, customers, clients, members, whomever feel about their service? What behaviors are they evidencing? The actual usage of the products, experience of the customers, uh, and bringing consistent data and insight to bear about those, I think is really important. So I, I, um, I, I really want boards and I really want investors to be armed with ways of having those conversations. And as a leader, I want to make sure I can bring uh, data and insight to bear about them. So I used to, I used to joke as a public company CEO that the chief um, qualification for being a public company CEO was the ability to complain about being a public company CEO. It sounds funny, but two too many organizations to probably go too far to um, assign a cash value to everything, you know, as opposed to 
what you know how many customers do we have on balance what do they think about us what sort of customers are really excited by what we do and what you know and that that can average up the value of your enterprise across time is if sales leaders are focused in on people for whom we know segments activities we know the product will be incredibly high value so i, I it's it can be such rich data um uh and, and it also can be a uh for a leader, it can actually be a useful tool to say, um, you know, you, we both sat through, I, I, I've always said that if, you know, if I ever really, really, really hit a home run financially, um, uh, I, you know, sort of a couple billion dollars falls in my lap and I'm, I'm going to endow a museum. I'm going to endow the Museum of False Precision. Because uh, I've seen so many business plans and so many projections which tell me in the third quarter of 2028 what, you know, the growth rate in you know, a market's going to be. And it's down to, it, it, you'll see stuff after the decimal point in 2028. <laughs> I, I think where a CFO would lose the plot a little bit is if they get stuck talking at the CX level and not getting down to the metrics that they'd be watching in the business. First of all, it's an asset you've already paid for. <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, this, and a customer today, their, their cost is already in the rearview mirror. That's a really expensive asset. Replacing them is gonna be a multiple of what it was to get them in the first place, because as you said, costs are going up. So I, think, I do think CX and CFO should be natural allies in that sense, in that um, the, very, the very provenance of, you know, customer experience says, hey, these are the assets in our business, and we already bought them. The business is predicated on, on three fundamentals. Steve Byrne is the longtime CEO of Travel Counselors, an absolutely magnificent company based out of the north of England. And it's a case study in how you can grow a fantastic business north of a billion pounds in revenue, largely around word of mouth and just delivering an outstanding experience for customers and employees. First of all, we we do the right thing by our customers. We do a wonderful job looking after our customers that they come back to us and they refer us to their family and, and friends. The business doesn't have any bricks and mortar shops and spend money on advertising to generate customer leads. All of, all of our business is based on retention and, and, and referral. We enable, we empower the travel counsellor and the support team, support travel counsellors to do the right thing by their customers. So we get the fundamentals right, looking after customers, looking after the people who look after their uh, customers, you know, in a plethora of KPIs that we can all get agitated about, the three critical ones for us are customer loyalty and advocacy, travel council loyalty and advocacy, and our colleague, which is our support team, loyalty and advocacy. If we get those three things right, then we'll have a great business. The reciprocity, the kindness and the care, the friendships, the offers of help and advice that, that travel councils offer their, offer their peers. Not everyone does it, because some people like to keep themselves to themselves, but they, they call, they decide how they want to operate. We're early, you know, we're, I'm not sure we've crossed the chasm yet. You know, in the, um, still to this day, software um, companies call their customers users. And the only other business uh, where the customer is a user is in the drug business, as far as I know. I don't know whether we'll see all the same companies in the room if we come back in 10 years. It's it's worth remembering that customer experience is a means, not an end. You know, the end is 
retention, growth, and expansion of our existing customer base, and and you know competitive advantage in securing the next generation of customers. If you're trying to drive growth, then you necessarily have to put the customer first in terms of their experience,、um, you know how you're packaging, how you're designing products to work together, etc. The human glue of the business, the relationships that are forged,、uh, facilitated by the physical platform and the face-to-face connectivity that we that we encourage, and the culture. That's the thing that's difficult to quantify, but is the thing that makes us different.、Um, you know, really inspecting and correlating operational data. I think you're working on the holy grail of CX, actually. Thanks for listening to the CX Iconoclast from OCX Cognition. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, so you won't miss any of our thought-provoking conversations. And please get in touch if you want to learn more about what OCX Cognition's predictive CX analytics platform can do for your business by providing complete insights into every account, continuously updated and connected to operations. You'll find contact info in the show notes.